Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This week, you're getting two episodes. That's right, two episodes. Why? Because last week, I was in Oshkosh, seeing lots of young people on fire for the Lord. There was nearly a thousand baptisms. That's right, a thousand baptisms of youth and young adults giving their lives to the Lord, deciding to serve Him and empower and encourage others. So... Of course I was there and I was excited and I enjoyed it and I hope many of my audience was there and witnessed all the great wonderful things as well. I think I actually met a few of you so I appreciate all your support and your well wishes and your prayers. So this week you get two episodes and this is episode 33 with Sister Elizabeth Auguste who is another Haitian young adult who was raised in a Haitian church, but is now helping in multiple facets in youth ministry and ministry in general. She is on fire for the Lord. So I had to talk with her and pick her brain, why she's so motivated, why she's doing what she's doing, and what her belief is happening in the Haitian community and the climate, especially in the Seventh-day Adventist context. So... Let's get to the interview. All right. Once again, we are back. As you usually know, every Thursday we have a podcast episode. And here we are once again on Youth <laughs> Ministry and Mentorship 101. Today, you know I'm always excited, but I have someone I'm very excited to speak with, Sister Elizabeth Auguste. The reason why I'm excited to speak with her today is because this is another young person who I had the privilege of seeing grow up. Uh, she, uh, I, she was uh, growing up at Ephes, yeah. and in many, many years ago, we won't say how many years ago, yeah. I used to go to other Haitian churches and teach drilling and marching and pathfinder ministry. And boy, oh boy, was I a terrible Pathfinder leader back in the day. I was horrible. You know why? Because I was all about my ego. And it's one of the biggest regrets I have in my ministry um, that I focused on me and not on the young people. So what can I tell you? Can I tell you, though, the discipline that you showed that you taught us? We knew you were a little stern and there were like five of us in the in the unit. So, you know, we were low in numbers, but I remember um, feeling very proud of the progress that we made in that short time. So uh, I'm glad you came through and we still remember it with fond memories. Oh, Sergeant says was great. Oh, my goodness. You see, I, I, they, they say that to make me feel better <laughs> because they know I was I was so rough and um you know, it, but I'm so glad to see them become leaders today. So, Sister Elizabeth, let's get into it. Can you yeah. give us a little bit of history? We already know you grew up in a Haitian church. Tell us yeah. what you're doing now and um, sure. why you're in ministry. Okay. Um, presently, my ministry, um, for the most part, looks like music. Um, I do a lot of music ministry. I've been traveling doing music ministry um, now for maybe four or five years. Um, I got involved in music very, very early. My mother was the children's choir director at IFES. And so um, I was in that really early. Um, and we learned how to sing from the little cassette tapes. And we just sang together. We graduated to an official choir director 
um, with Sister Carlene Holland, who was spectacular. Um, and then from then on, like I took voice lessons and um, started doing ministry at Hyde Park um, when I moved over there. And from then on, it's been amazing. I've been fortunate to sing with so many amazing other ministers and um, travel to other states. It's exciting. Awesome, awesome, sister. So um, going into music, um, mm -hmm. how do you find music being important in worship service and how to minister to young people today? Sure. So something I've realized that's really important about my relationship with God is honesty. And God asks me to be honest by just tugging on my heartstrings and saying, Hey, like, what do you want to talk about today? Like, Hey, what's bothering you? What's disturbing you? And I find that a lot of times the songs that we're singing about are talking about those problems, those yearnings, those tough times, you know, um, I'm thinking about when upon life's billows, your tempest tossed, you know, there's a storm there, you know, or a more contemporary song, you know, feeling like you're the one that, that got left and God coming to, to search for you. Um, I think it's important that we share those messages, that we sing those messages. Um, I think word travels quickly through song. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So you said you travel, like how often are you traveling doing this? I wish I was doing it more. I hope it happens more. Um, right now it's usually about once or twice a month. Um, mm. If the conference needs me for something or pulse or bridge. Um, and sometimes, you know, if someone's just like, Hey, can you come to my church and sing? I love doing that too. And um, hopefully the ministry just grows. Awesome. Awesome. So you mentioned bridge ministry. I had yeah. the, one of the leaders on in a previous episode, go check that out. Yeah. Um, but you also mentioned the pulse project. Could you right. elaborate about what's happening with that ministry? Sure. So our theme, our motto for the pulse project is a better you in every way. Um, and what that looks like is really the, those foundational principles of health. Um, and that looks like physical health, but we also want to start talking about spiritual health and we want to talk about financial health and um, psychological health um, and making sure that, that we are being holistically healthy because we really believe that God wants us not just to be healthy um, in spirit, but to be healthy also in body and mind. And so um, we're reaching out to the town of Randolph right now, but um, I see the project growing um, and we're trying to plant a church in Randolph. So if you hear about the Pulse Project, go to thepulseproject.net um, and we'd love to see you at our future events. Wow. So this is what I find very interesting about it is that you mentioned that you are trying to plant uh, a church in Randolph. Yeah. And is this, may I ask, is the leaders of the Pulse Project a lot of young adults um, that are- There's a group of us, there's a mix of us. Um, we have some older mentors, um, which I know we're gonna talk about later, that mentorship aspect um, of church building. Um, and then there's a group of young people who um, we've been involved in Boston. I think some of us are searching for a new kind of avenue to explore ministry. Um, and it's exciting and we, we, hope that, we hope that we're meeting the need. You know, that's always, mm. that's always the struggle. Wow. Because I, I, I know for a fact that uh, we get excited when we hear about, you know, church plants, right. because right. that's, that's going to affect the community. 
evangelize to the community, serve the community. And that's wonderful, especially if it's, you know, a, a mixture of young, Definitely. young adults and uh, mentors. That's, that's, that's awesome. That, that, that gets me excited. So, um, yeah, so yeah, definitely check out that ministry, The Pulse Project. I've been checking out the sermons, of course. I, I yeah. saw Pastor David McKenzie was preaching, Pastor Edsel Cadet. You guys, yeah. you guys got the heavy hitters. It was nice to get back into the basics. You know, both Pastor Cadet and Pastor McKenzie were really good about getting back to those basic um, fundamental um, doctrines and principles that we that we've come to maybe take for granted um, sometimes. Um, I think there's a thing that happens maybe in any denomination, but I know for me as Adventists, you know, you can get kind of, I, I have gotten complacent. Um, and sometimes it's good to get um, a refresher course on, hey, mm. what is it we really do believe? You know, we're going out here to teach people and tell people, but are we really, um, you know, firmly planted? Do we really know what and why um, we believe what we believe? Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So that, that, that is awesome. I'm glad to see that that's happening, especially that's another, that's another town in Massachusetts yeah. that you never really hear about a church happening there. So Randolph, that, that's, right. that's, that's, that's really good. That's good. So let's move on to this question I have for you. Sure. You grew up in the Haitian church. Uh, yeah. You are currently at Hyde Park. Right. Um, Something I've been asking a lot of these um, Haitian leaders is mm -hmm. how is it in the Haitian church that leads to that frustration that you yeah. either have a frustration within that church or you move on and become a leader yeah. in another church? You know, that's a really interesting question um, because I think, remember how I was talking about the need, meeting the need? Yes. I think it's twofold. Mm. I think sometimes the need changes of the individual and then sometimes the church can't meet the need. And sometimes those are both happening at the same time. Mm. Um, sometimes um, a church is offering all wonderful things and the person is like, I love this church. It offers wonderful things. It's just not meeting my personal need. Yes. And so I have to go elsewhere. Um, sometimes the church itself is not meeting a need for many, many people. Um, and that's mm. when you see sort of a mass sort of exodus of yeah. people. Sometimes there's the infrastructure is not there. Maybe the, um, you know, the people who are in the, the upper rooms, you know, if you will, don't look like the population. And then, you know, people are like, am I really being represented here? Yeah. So I guess... I guess I, I always think about it twofold. Sometimes maybe I just want a new ministry, you know, maybe mm -hmm. I'm looking for something that I see happening elsewhere. Um, but then it also, you know, why are those ministries not being created at that same place? You know, if I need mm -hmm. something, how come I don't feel like I can create it where, where I am? And I think that's, that's the question I think maybe yeah. some churches should be asking. Yeah, I, that's that's very interesting because I think that's the same thing I'm getting consistently said to me when I ask that question. Um, because one of the interesting things that I said in a previous podcast is somebody mentioned something that I've heard happened a lot where a church says, we're losing members yeah. to this other church. Wow, and, nice. and I said, and I said, first of all, 
we're not in competition we're in cooperation we're both (laughs) we're even the same denomination why are we upset at somebody going to another church should be happy for them especially if they're saying that this church is meeting a need that this your church is not meeting the other thing is um i think it's also a wake-up call because what can we learn here yes especially if that exodus is a certain group especially a group that is the future of the church if it's an exodus of the young people i think that is very alarming and it's something that the church needs to take very seriously and look at because uh, if you're not growing young you are dying Dying. so yeah so um uh, that's something i always like to mention in these podcasts Mm. so my next question is even though you're at high park what do you feel What's your sense of how the Haitian churches are doing with mentoring and engaging with young people? How do you think they're doing? Um, outside, I can say kind of outside looking in, although um, I guess not technically outside. I'll give, I'll give a few examples. Okay. Um, I went to an, a conference um, maybe two, one or two years ago. I was invited to sing with the praise team um and one of the things i kept hearing throughout the weekend was the people who are on the panel the people who are on the staff the people who are making announcements don't look like me it's a young people's meeting and everyone talking all the time is like 20 years older than me it doesn't that doesn't compute you're telling me it's a young people's meeting and then i get here and you guys are doing a whole bunch of things i don't actually want to do um, but it's a it's a struggle I hear um, from ministries across the board where people are saying, you ask me what I want, and then I get there, and it's not there. It's not happening. Wow. Wow. Uh, I know you didn't mention the name of that conference. To yeah. be polite, I yeah. know what conference you're talking about, and we'll talk yeah. about that later. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I, I totally understand that feeling. And um, I, I just hope that, you know, episodes like this is a wake-up call. To- yeah, well, I, sorry to interrupt. I, I guess I keep thinking, though, like, you know, of the practical. Mm. What I'm not seeing is I'm not seeing an identification of gifts that are present mm. in the church, in the young people. Yes. Um, and lots of gifts are making themselves present. Um, and we can't deny that the Holy Spirit is doing a work at this specific time. Um, and calling young people to their gifting. I, I just don't see people taking that seriously. Mm. Um, I see a rush of young people actually coming back to the church. Um, I also see a huge growth potential for all of the young people who were left and, you know, are coming back. They want to come back with their friends. They want to tell their friends they, you know, they want it to be exciting. Um, but if you, you know, if you're showing up with your friend, it gets vulnerable. Yes. You know, you want them to know they're coming into a safe place, yes. that they're coming somewhere where someone, I, I give a quick example. I remember a friend invited me to a church, uh, a first aid church. Um, and I know that there's always this comparison. There's always this thing that happens. And, and I don't like that culture. I think that we can learn from each other. However, um, I went there and 
The first day I got there, I was singled out to be prayed for. Now, not everyone is comfortable with that. Mm. But I was so... Blown away. I was. Yes. I was. I can't even lie and say that I wasn't. I was happy that someone called me out and said, you, daughter of the living God, you have more potential in you than you are accessing. You have this such and such issue and you're not dealing with it. And I was, you know, (laughs) a little, whoa. Yes. But it was real. Yes. And I've seen those things happen in Adventist churches too. And I'm like, wow, okay, we're, you know, we're getting somewhere. But I think it needs to happen more. Prayer and covering and, and the, the oil and the anointing, just making sure that our young people are, are covered. Yes, that intentionality of yes. paying attention, you know? It's, I think young people, they, they want that. They want to be seen. They want to be paid attention to. It's, it's, it, young people today... There's so much pressure to be perfect and so much pressure to do well in school, especially in the Haitian community. And yet the only people that are caring about them are either paid to do so, which is school people, uh, teachers, administrators, counselors, um, the pastor, if they are, and then the parents. And it's like, um, how about some people that just do it because they believe in Jesus yeah. and, and they yeah. love young people, you know, that if they see more of that, the impact it will have. Yeah. Uh, You're now listening to Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101. So we'll get back to the interview with Sister Elizabeth in just a moment. I just thought I would give this time to really support her and her family because on Friday, June 7th, she and her family experienced a house fire that tore through more than a third of their home. Their belongings were also damaged by this tragic event. Uh, thank God that all of them were safe, but uh, they had to relocate quickly and they are starting to get back on their feet but the gofundme is still open so if you go to the gofundme.com page and just look up fire recovery fund august august family that's uh fire recovery fund august family all one word uh if you go to gofundme.com backslash fire recovery fund august family you should be able to find it and uh, donate what you can so this family can be blessed and get back on their feet they're doing great things especially sister elizabeth for people in their communities and in ministry so um let's get back to the interview but sister this is something you're passionate about and i can tell by your answers but you also working with the bridge have a ministry that is helping engage with young people. Can you tell us about it? Sure. Um, I love Bridge. I think Bridge came at um, at a need full time. Um, I think that young people were looking for a place. Um, there's a word we use often in Bridge a culture called inreach. Mm. Um, it's one thing to go out um, and go minister to people, but oftentimes those people doing the ministering don't feel fed. They don't feel yeah. taken care of. Um, and so we realized there was a need for um, young Adventist people to get together and to talk and discuss um, some of those deeper matters that we 
um, maybe aren't accustomed to talking to. So then we can feel, you know, we can feel more comfortable and more aligned because we know each other better to go yeah. out um, and spread the word. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Sister, you are very active uh, music ministry, working with the bridge and your own ministry, the pulse project. So um, let me ask you this question. What yeah. do you feel? How do you, and you've, you mentioned mentorship already in the pulse project happening. So how do you feel mentorship can affect the church for the better? Yeah. Wow. I mean, as we were talking, I was thinking about like, what are some more practical things I can tell people to that? Like it would be good to see. And I, I mean, I think a lot of churches could do well to have more associate pastors, to have more youth pastors, um, someone who can kind of be a liaison, you know, you can have your executive pastor, you can have your head pastor. Um, but sometimes it's nice to make sure that that young people feel they have a representative um, that's not just from youth ministries or AYS department, um, you know, or just an elder. To just th that has worked well in the past. I've seen that work well in the past yes. to have associate or youth pastors, um, and that person can be dedicated, you know, to that to that task. Um, um, can you repeat the question for me one more time? I think I went a little. Yeah, uh, it's how met how mentorship can benefit the church okay the so so sort of related to that um i've been thinking a lot about the intergenerational mentorship yes. um and how i i really think that everyone should be assigned a, a mentor when you get into your church you're assigned a person and that person's your person um i think it makes sense usually to have them be same gender um although um i i know churches that assign two people some churches assign you a small group um, depending on what the person's comfortable with. Um, I think mentorship is also important one-on-one. -on -one. Um, mm -hmm. I've had some really, really spectacular mentors in my past, some of which I didn't know were my mentors until later on. Mm. Um, they were influencing my behaviors and giving me wisdom. And some of it doesn't sink in till, till years later. Wow. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful to have met them and that God brought me across their path. And sometimes it's only for a season. Um, and I now, because I know how valuable the wisdom is, I'm now finally actively seeking out mentors of my own. And so I have in process, um, literal, like I've written literal letters, you know, saying, can you mentor me? Because, mm. um, I know I can't do it alone. You know, we're not, we're not an island and God yeah. um, made this a relational world. And so yes. we, I'm supposed to learn from those who've gone before me. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. And going on along with that, you said uh, something interesting, like sometimes it hasn't even hit you until later that they right. were your mentor or something that they said didn't hit you as something really powerful that has changed your life until later. Could you yeah. give us an example of, something a mentor has told you that sticks with you to this day? Yeah, um, I'll give two examples because I'm, I'm very much a nonverbal um, language learner and mm. nonverbal language is very important to me. And so, and I know for a lot of other people too, sometimes the words don't, don't convey. And so I'll give two examples. I remember um, this, the, our late sister, Carrie Peters, who, um, what a spectacular soul. And um, I remember she, um, saw me at the women's prayer conference um, 
earlier earlier this year and she just wrapped her arms around me and prayed for me no yeah. introduction no she didn't have to know where i was from who i was um and and then when i saw her maybe a month or two later she just remembered me and i felt so blessed that this yeah. dynamic powerhouse woman of god remembered who i was and so um that that was a great nonverbal. Um, and then a verbal, um, my dear, dear friend, Dr. Regina Shearer, um, she said to me, I wrote it down. She said, I remember there was this one day I was kind of stressed about my calling. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I feel like my calling is changing. It's transforming. I don't have a handle on it. I don't get it. And I was just kind of angsty and emotional and um, she pulled me aside and she just spoke life over me. She just wow. gave me encouragement and um, she just wanted to remind me that God saw so much more for me than I could see for myself. Um, but then she went specific. She said, you might be singing now, but, but you might be speaking later. You might be writing later. You're, you know, like it could look like your expression could look like singing mm. now, but it doesn't have to stay that way wow. as you grow, as you change. And so she said, this is not all that you are. You are more than the boxes they put you in. Mm. And that just, wow. you know, I still to this day, like when I feel like, oh, you know, I'm becoming a writer, you know, will my audience, you know, will they get it? Mm. Will they, will they fall? Will they stay with me? You know? And God just reminds me, like, you know, I didn't create you to just be a writer or just be a singer, you know. You're my daughter. Like, do it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you did mention a statement, but I think what you really touched you was that just the action and just the intentionality, saying yeah. that word again, that of just them paying attention to you, seeing you, maybe saw that your eyebrows were, were, furrowed or something you know right. like like that expression that just said go over there and yeah. just show some love show some compassion and then that completely changed your day yeah so, thank you for saying the word action i mean what i'm learning as i get older um if you will is that a lot of what changes this life is is doing something like going out of your comfort zone and, and pushing through. They, who knows, they maybe had to push through something to come talk to me. And, and I know that I was blessed. And so I, I pray that through that example, I can also learn, you know, if there's a younger person who needs to hear like, hey girl, keep going. Or, you know, I know your church maybe doesn't understand, but you know, maybe you can start a ministry there, you know, then maybe Wow. Wow. So what I want to say to those who are listening, um, no matter what church you're in, no matter what denomination, that is so powerful to do. Just do that. Just, you know, if you're afraid to do it, you know, pray, but just have, if you just have the strength just to do that, just to see a, a sister Elizabeth down the, down the few pews down or something like that. And just, show some love you can change their day it's just so amazing and like um one of the reasons i do this podcast is to tell stories like that because i feel a lot of churches and some of them i grew up in yeah they we don't have those conversations with young people and we just we come up to them when they have a milestone and we say congratulations 
or we ask questions about when you're hitting that next milestone, which is something a lot of young people have been telling me on this podcast. (laughs) That happened to you. Yeah. You you do something amazing, like you're doing all these all these ministries, and then instead of saying, "Man, let me pray for you for all these ministries," the next words that come out of their mouth are, "But when are you getting married?" Yeah. Has that has that happened to you? (laughs) Oh yes. Yes, okay. I mean, whenever there's like a sermon at church and pastors talking about like marriage, you know, I get the, mm. you know, the, the looks. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes it's okay, you know. Um, I think, though, there has to be some balance, you know. I, I would like to be asked, you know, how's your spiritual life? You know? Mm. Um, you know, can I give you, you know, $20 to go buy groceries? You know, I, I, I get the... Um, I get that that's important. Um, I I believe in marriage, but I think, you know, that um, for one, not everyone's called to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for two, there's sometimes a lot of time before that happens for any yes. person. Yes. Um, and during that time, I think that time is supposed to be fruitful and um, beneficial to the world and not just like a waiting period for marriage. Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, another thing I'll say, like I've always said, is let's put that pressure back on God (laughs) and let's not pressure our young people who are doing amazing things to reach another milestone when after they've reached, after they've reached a milestone, let's just stick with the congratulations. All in due time. Yes. All in, let's be, let's, let's show them patience by being patient. So um, Sister Elizabeth, this was a blessing to talk to you. Uh, Amen. Eye opening. I can see that the Lord is using you in a mighty way. That's why I had to have you on here. Um, As we close out, like I usually do on this podcast, I ask the guest to give some words of encouragement to any youth leader, minister that is listening. Uh, I guess um, it's laying on my heart right now to give a disclaimer. Um, Mm -hmm. I have to say that like this ministry work um, is never easy. Yes. I mean, it's easy because it's, it brings joy and, um, and it makes the burden light. Um, but I think it comes with attacks and it comes with frustrations and it comes with being misunderstood. And um, even sometimes by your own family or by your friends, um, a lot of the young people I see now growing up in this ministry are losing friends. They mm. are having struggles with their family. Um, they're sometimes the only one who's going to church now. And like, or or maybe, you know, they're the only young person left in their ministry or they feel alone. And I just want you guys to know that like, I can't promise you that that stuff goes away. Mm. Um, but seek out, not just like older mentors, but also seek out peer to peer mentors. I'm finding in this season so, so many amazing friends and peer mentors who can just send me a text. You know, like the older mentors might not just like text me or call me, but it's been really great to have friends and spiritual mentors now they're becoming who can just say, hey, sis, and send me a a verse on the Bible app or join a plan with me or can call me and pray with me um, or just come pick me up and pray with me, you know, and um, sometimes it's helpful to have the young, the youthful, youthful energy around you. So I would say don't isolate 
my friends are always telling me don't isolate. Um, ministry can feel lonely, but don't isolate. Um, and in terms of encouragement, God will, God will provide for you. God will make provision for you. Um, if he has promised it to you, he will provide for you. Um, and if you don't see the provision, um, if you don't see the provision, the faith walk, the faith walk gets real. It gets really real, but it means God has a better way. It means God has a better way. And, um, he just wants to show it to you. So I, yeah, I thank you so much for this opportunity. And, no um, problem. Yes. Awesome. So thank you for, so much for coming on the podcast today. We'll continue to pray for you and your thank ministry. You. So that's the episode, everybody. I hope it was helpful, informative, and most of all, inspiring. If you enjoyed this content and know of a church leader or any person who could benefit from this. Stop hesitating and share it with them. Feel free to subscribe and please leave a review and a comment so we can use this platform to help serve each other better. So until next week, I'll see you right here at Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101, where we always say youth ministry isn't a stepping stone into ministry. It is ministry, period.